Um, so I first started making music, like I guess technically when I was uh, 14. Um, I started writing lyrics um, in sixth grade when I was bored in class and I would like write them on pieces of paper and like crumple them up. My mom would find them in the wash. And then over the next year and change, I just sort of like wrote more lyrics in classes. And then at one point I was like, oh, I should learn how to freestyle. So I taught myself how to freestyle. Um, and then the summer after my eighth grade, I had like a very janky computer and like audacity and then tried to record some very bad songs. Um, off of lyrics that I have written. And I think there's like three very, very hidden songs that I recorded at the age of 14 on YouTube. Um, and then I didn't make any more music again until I was 17 when I wrote a mixtape for a creative writing class, which was also very bad. I didn't um, make music anymore again until I was a senior in college. That was when I first started like officially under the name that I go by now, which um, I was featured on another classmate of mine's um, song for one of his albums. I started listening to music right when my sister was in like a rap phase. Um, and so that just kind of stuck for the rest of my life. Um, and I really loved it. I thought it was really interesting. I played, I used to play a lot of like instruments and things. So I really appreciated um like the inherent musicality and how people form their lyrics and things like that, which is where most of it came from. And also just like physically and orally, like rhymes are very satisfying to me. Um, so I really enjoyed it from that aspect. But when I was very young, um, I was pretty worried of coming across as just like a stereotype of a black person who raps. Um, and so I didn't, the reason why I started rapping in college legitimately was because I was in an environment where really no one was going to question that I was an intelligent person. Um, I had pretty much, as far as I felt, proven to anyone who would know me personally that I was an intelligent individual and so felt comfortable really exploring um, that avenue. And it was also, that decision was also precipitated by the fact that I had just stopped doing theater. Um, I did theater all through high school and then I stopped in college because I had a bunch of like very, very negative experiences with some plays that I had done, which kind of broke my trust in theater as an art form. And then there was another person who I knew who I was friends with who also thought I was like a good rapper and had no reason to say that because he wasn't like, he wasn't really my friend. He was like a friend of a friend. So all of those things came together and I was like, okay, I guess I actually am like decent at this. This is a, this is a good spot to be in. Um, and I just had a lot to get off my chest also. Um, pretty much everything I put out that year was just very, very therapeutic. Um, so I just had many, many years worth of content to write about. I am right now at my most open-minded. For a while, I was a very big music snob. Um, I was a very big rap snob. And then I transitioned to being like a rap purist, um, was very much like, 90s or, or die like this new I was basically an old head as like a 20 something year old when I first started doing music it was as though I had been looking at this very cold ice bath that I knew that I really wanted to be in um, but was very scared to get in and so when I first stepped in I was like tense 
Um, and I was very close-minded and I was like, I know what I want to do and this is what I want to do. And like, if people don't like it, people don't like it, but I'm going to stay pure to it. Like, I'm all about bars. All I care about are rhymes on rhymes on rhymes type thing. Um, and I remember I played one song that eventually became Afro to one of my friends. And she was like, yeah, you should put a hook on this. And that was the, that was the most amazing piece of advice I'd ever received because I was like, oh, I can like have a good song and like have it be enjoyable. Like it doesn't have to be some history lesson in music or whatever. Um, and that was really helpful because that let me ease into the music a lot more. Um, I think over time I have allowed myself to enjoy the process a lot more and create things that are enjoyable, that are sort of like emotional reflections, but not necessarily like honed sculptures. I think when I was creating Pantheon, I was like, each song needs to be like a sculpture to a thought, which I think is, you know, I appreciate that. And I think it had its time and its place. And I, and not to say that I think songs should be sort of haphazard, but I didn't really allow myself any space to just enjoy the song. What I've been working on recently and what I think I've grown and being able to do is just let go honestly like take a deep breath and just enjoy making the music and just like make music that is enjoyable and sometimes that is you know commentary on some healing process through a trauma or sometimes it's like a very stupid song about nothing or sometimes it's just sort of like a two and a half minute song just sort of like rap bravado just having fun on a beat that kind of sounds cool um, but choosing one doesn't mean that I have become an artist that only does one. Um, and doing all of them doesn't mean that I am an unfocused or unprofessional artist, I guess, is, is the main thing that I would say. Is I'm more open to just trying new things and breathing through and, and making music that is enjoyable in whatever metric. So I've been trying to find a name for myself since I was 14 and I had come up with some very, very bad names. X is a letter that I really enjoy. Um, and so it's like Ajax seems like a, a possibility, like maybe that's a thing that I could do. I was very hesitant to do that because I didn't want to be associated with the soap. Um, so I was like, let me, like that's just, that's a contender, but maybe I need to like add more to it. And, and then I looked it up and I was like, there's an Ajax the greater, there's an Ajax the lesser in history. And I chose the lesser because I really like the idea of being a person who's like always chasing like number one, um, because being number one gets boring. Like you're number one and it's like, all right, well, there's no one to beat anymore. Like, what are we doing? Um, but if you're number two, then you always have someone behind you and you always have someone in front of you. And that's very exciting. And also it's sort of like a self humbling thing. I have a note on my phone, which just has album names um and for a while my process was like oh this is a cool term like I like this name this is the album I'm gonna write like what are the songs that need to be part of it to fill out that story but basically I got to a point where I was like in addition to this being a not sustainable process for it to be my only process it is not helpful for my listeners because I <laughs> In like a year, I gave, I put out for people who like listening to my music, two like 45, like above 30 minute projects that are just 
processing trauma, which, you know, cool. Like, I'm glad I did that, but that's a lot to listen to. You know, like I have a personal investment in getting more fans and I certainly can't get more fans if every single time I put out music, it's 45 minutes of, you know, a concept album about a therapy session. Um, but right now I'm in a period where I'm just trying to teach myself how to make music differently. So I've been doing a lot of like singles um, here and there or like working on singles. It's been very hard because I'm, I'm doing different styles that are not my initial style. And so it makes it, I make, I'm very much more critical of myself. Uh, but for the most part, I'm really just in a process right now where I'm trying to do like one thing at a time because it's easier for people to digest and also it's just a way to grow. I think the best way for me to put it is like point driven. Um, yeah, I think it's the best way to put it is, is I make point driven music um, and that point sometimes changes. Uh, sometimes it's to tell a story, sometimes it's to be part of a narrative, sometimes it's to speak to an emotion or to try to do a different kind of sound. But I would say that I am I'm a, I'm a very intentional creator is how I would like to see myself. A big part of my music is that I am processing a lot of things. And most of the time I am expressing like multiple opinions on things. And so the personas help in my mind delineate different ideas. Um, I personally believe that artists are really responsible for how people interpret their music um, to an extent. And I guess what I, what I really try very hard to make sure that I do is that if there's ever an idea that I talk about on a song that I don't think is the best idea or maybe isn't even the idea that I have right now, I try to do things to make it very clear that that's the case. Um, so for instance, in Pantheon, there's a lot of just like negative emotions that are present on the whole album. Um, but the way that I try to make it clear that like those aren't the, those aren't the emotions that I am sort of like advocating for is I'll do a lot of editing things. Um, I will do some lyrical things um, and a lot of different stuff to sort of signify that this isn't really the point that I'm trying to make. A lot of common things that I do is that if there's an idea that I'm talking about that I don't like, but is it would be dishonest for me to not acknowledge that I felt it, I will either um, pitch it down very, very low. I will pitch it up very, very high. Um, and then occasionally I'll do things where either the sound switches from ear to ear or um, like the sound, like one sentence is in left ear, one sentence is in the right ear, back and forth, or I will um, do an effect that basically has the sound shifting back and forth. And then often I will sort of like filter it and things like that to, to, to symbolize the idea that it's like, I am of split mind. I have two minds, like this is not my real voice type stuff. So the concept behind Black Orchid was to be beautiful, I guess, um, was the concept of it. Um, and I personally really enjoy flowers, um, obviously, and a lot of things that are not 
typically masculine or societally defined as masculine. Um, and so Black Orchid was supposed to be an album about just acknowledging like the softer, more delicate, very painful, but sometimes very beautiful exist like parts of my life basically and and who I am as a person. Um, and it was, it was honestly like, I, I don't know how much Tyler the Creator music you know, but if you know Flower Boy, Scumfuck, it is, it's similar to that. It's not the same thing because it's not an album where I'm coming out or at the very least sort of implying that I am not straight. Um, it is similar though, in that it is a, it is an album very defined by like softness in a positive sense and sort of beauty and emotionality as like a thing that is okay and worthy of discussion. And, and it was very like romantic, like it, it I guess, yeah, like if, if my music were like literary eras, like I would say Black Orchid was like the romantic era. Um, and that was kind of what it was supposed to be about, just sort of something that's very beautiful and acknowledging that like I as a person can be something that is very beautiful. I think what I, I think the idea that any and every individual is beautiful, independent of what others would say is unfortunately a very radical belief. Um, and to that end, I don't know that that idea in its purest sense might be widely accepted by society. I mean, there are a lot of people who stand to benefit from individuals not believing that. Um, so I think there are a lot of forces that would try and prevent that from becoming popular. But what I do think is becoming more popular is music that is more, that speaks more to the complexity of an individual's experience and an individual's perception of themselves, which often gives rise to these sorts of ideas that like, maybe I am beautiful, but I think what will, will likely be the case is the music will not be, I am beautiful in spite of everything. It'll be, maybe I'm beautiful in spite of everything. Uh, um, and it is something led very much by the LGBT community and women at large, at least in the rap genre, there are not very many artists that I can think of, male artists that I can think of who are really saying that. I think a lot of male artists right now are being like, I have emotions, like I feel things besides anger and rage and sort of like hype, but I don't know. I can't really think of a lot of artists that are getting a lot of publicity off of the idea that like maybe they are beautiful. Um, I think first and foremost, Beyonce has to be said. I think that goes without a doubt. I think Lady Gaga also is in that conversation. Taylor Swift has been important. Uh, I think Kanye West has been important. I think Drake has been important. Um, Kendrick Lamar obviously has been important. Those are the people who to me personally have been like widespread, huge. I, what it has felt like to me in this past decade is that this has been the decade of like songs but not necessarily a decade of artists. Um, you know, I struggle to think of many more artists besides the ones I just did who really ran the tables in the way that like 
Lil Wayne did for a while, or Katy Perry did for a minute, Britney Spears did for a long time, Missy Elliott, um, Sierra, Shakira, like those like eras of one person being like a dynamo star, to me just feels like it was before 2010. And maybe that's just because 2010 was when I was coming into like relevant consciousness. And, you know, I was like 13, which is like a real person sort of. Um, but yeah, I would say Beyonce, Drake, Taylor, Kanye, Kendrick, J. Cole and like the latter half. People who have been influential to me, iconic to me would be um, Jay-Z. I've always been a huge Jay-Z fan. Um, he's my number one. He's my favorite artist of all time. Uh, I've also really been getting a lot from Pusha T. I've been enjoying. Uh, he's a contentious figure. Um, Tyler, the creator, Earl Sweatshirt. Um, I actually I would say Tyler was iconic, maybe controversially so. Controversially so, but he was an icon for a while ever since Yonkers. Um, but I like Tyler the Creator, Odd Future, um, Earl Sweatshirt, all those guys. I, I'm most of those guys. I'm a really or I was a big fan of at one point, um, and some of them I still listen to a decent amount. Um, Frank Ocean is an icon. I would say now that I think about it. Um, Childish Gambino. What am I saying? Chance the Rapper. Holy cow. They're all coming to me now. Um, embarrassing that they didn't come to me before. Um, I think I foolishly hold myself to their standards. Um, I think I think, and I'm like, well, how would this song compare to one of their songs? And always it would pale in comparison, um, which is fine, but I definitely, think about it you know I try to think about the way Jay-Z raps I think about the way Pusha T raps Lil Wayne raps J. Cole raps I don't really know that I think J. Cole is like a lyrically stunning powerhouse of an artist but what I do think he does very well is make music that is for whatever reason like very sonically and very syllabically pleasing just like very enjoyable to listen to it feels very satisfying a lot of editing choices that Kendrick does. I think the, the multiple voices thing is something that Kendrick does phenomenally that I sort of took from him. The, I've also been trying to figure out how to rap in a way that like Pusha T does that's very true to me. So Pusha T does a lot of sort of, it is mostly drug rap, which has nothing to do with me. I'm allergic to codeine and I have asthma, so I don't smoke weed. Um, but what is very cool to listen to in drug related music is it's like there is a whole language related to drug dealing, which it just sounds cool to hear people say. Like it just sounds, it's not even like, oh, I like them dealing drugs. It's just the way that the language surrounding drug dealing has been built up is very interesting because it, it very much turns English on its head. And so I have been trying to do that same sort of thing with a language that I speak, which often ends up being uh, nerd references. Tsunami Jetstream. Like Tsunami Jetstream is just like one big nerd reference with like by picking the things that sound cool syllabically but don't sound obviously nerdy. Um, I've been trying to figure out how to be like Jay-Z. It's just not doable. <laughs> He's like the greatest rapper of all time and has the most uncopyable flow. So Really, I just kind of listen to him and I'm like, that's so impressive. 
but then other artists like Kanye, Chance, I don't really like Kanye, but this thing that Kanye does do, I enjoy Kanye and Chance, um, Childish to an extent, um, Action Bronson, um, Smino, Saba, a lot of those new age rappers, um, new age, a lot of those rappers, they like add a lot of sing-songy elements to their songs, which I've been trying to incorporate because I find it very enjoyable and a little bit easier to digest. I've seen Jay-Z and Beyonce in concert a couple of times and seeing them in concert always makes me be like, this is something that I would want to do so badly. So there's that. Uh, but there's a magazine called Double XL, which is sort of like the, like the rap magazine or whatever. It talks about rap related things. Um, so they, they do this thing called the freshman list every year. Um, and the freshman list is like 10 to 13 or so um, of the artists in like the past year who seem to be like on the rise, like they're freshmen in like the new school of rap basically. And some really notable freshmen have been Chance, uh, Joey Badass, Isaiah Rashad, I think, Kendrick Lamar, uh, J. Cole, uh, uh, Tierra Wack, I think was one, um, Rico Nasty, Meg Thee Stallion. But the point being when they announced the freshman list, um, they do uh, ciphers and then they do freestyles. So like a, a period of time, I think it's like a couple of weeks, every week after they announce the freshman list, they'll release like four videos where it's just one of the freshmen rapping acapella for like a minute or whatever. So that's something that is always a music moment for me every year or was a lot in high school. Um, it was like really a huge thing for me, because it was always like, I would love to be up here, like rhyming with these guys. Like they seem so phenomenal. It just seems like a really exciting experience. And then sort of the, like the big leagues version of that, or sort of the grown up version of that is the BET awards. They do ciphers most years where it's like the same sort of thing. And I remember one that really stuck out was when Kendrick Lamar did his cipher and it was um, and he said something like, tuck the sensitive rapper back in his pajama clothes, which was after, I think that was a cipher that came like a few months after Kendrick's control verse, which was like huge in the rap community. And for him to say that line, which was very clearly a shot at Drake, but like sort of like a fun one. Um, those were just like, those send ripples throughout the rap community and they were very exciting. I remember watching those. Um, later on in my life, like later high school, when I was sort of more plugged in, into the rap community, those were big music moments for me. Um, I think Jid will have a very strong career. I think Mick Jenkins will have a very strong career. Um, Smino, I think, could have a pretty strong career for a while. Those are the ones that come to mind right now. Um, and it's because their growth has been like very steadied, steady and measured uh, as opposed to sort of like meteoric, which really doesn't last. Uh, a meteoric rise, is, it just does not work really ever. My music has a, it's mostly listened to from according to Spotify, it's mostly listened to people like in their twenties to thirties, but I have a non-negligible portion of like 40, 50 year olds who listen to it. And for sure, some of that is the fact that like my mom told her friends about it and they listened to it once.
Um, but I do, I have had a good amount of instances of people who will tell me that their parents listen to my music like regularly, like that's in their Spotify, like in their playlist, like some of my songs. Um, and I think that's been really cool and very odd, uh, but it's also been cool. <laughs> um, and I'm, I know for sure part of it is that none of my music is really explicit. None of my music is explicit. Um, and that's as a result of a promise I made to my mom many, many years ago. Um, that also just ended up being easier than I expected and more satisfying for me personally. Um, that's one thing, but I think I also have been able to sort of connect with them because a lot of, a lot of the music, I didn't listen to mostly rap music until I was much older. Um, and so most of the music that I listened to at a young age is like music that people in that generation appreciated and liked anyways. And so I think it's probably the case that the song, the, the instrumentals that I gravitate towards um, and the way that I construct songs are heavily influenced by the types of songs I listened to as a child. And, um, and I grew up listening to a lot of gospel music. I still listen to a lot of gospel music. So I have a lot of gospel influence in terms of the things that I would like. So I think that comes out in like chord progressions in the instrumentals that I like that I find. And then also in the melodies that I choose uh, for when I write the songs and things like that. And so I think I just am influenced a lot by older people's music anyways. I guess I really like making music and I think I'm pretty solid at it and I would like to do it for a while. At the same time, I don't know, I'm just like a guy with a microphone and Logic Pro is, is really how I see myself. Um, and I like, I really love that people like my music and I really enjoy making my music, but it's not really, I don't, I don't need it to be a massive thing. Like I don't need it to be wholly understood or revered. Like I don't need any of that. That would be very cool. I would, that would be very fun. That would be a cool thing that I could tell my kids in however many years, but you know, like I make some music and people like it and I, I love that people like it. That's really cool for me. Um, but that's, that's, that's really it. You know, I just, I just make music that's good for me and that I hope helps some people. I hope some people are able to get something from it. You know, I've had some of my friends talk about people that they know or themselves where like some of my music has been very helpful for them in various times. And that's really beautiful to me. Like, I'm glad that I can make something that is of use to someone. Um, and if that's all it is, like, that's still something that I'd be happy with.